This is the Life Origami Podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will be reading to you from our book, The Lost Guru. Uncover the mental habits that prevent you from fully inhabiting your life and accessing your intrinsic wisdom. We'll read a portion of the book. Amethyst and I will have a conversation about it, and then we'll put them out three times a week until the book's complete. Enjoy the show. So, we're here again, and we're talking about... We are. Um, we're reading to you the book, The Lost Guru, and we're at the part now about the superpower. You can retrain your neuroplastic brain. So, last time we were talking about the second brain, which is the... Um, gastrointestinal uh, tract, which is our gut system, um, that it's as important as the cerebral brain because they uh, they influence one another. Um, so the science of neuroplasticity, um, it would include the interactions of the two and how they affect each other. So you can see why it's important to find an optimal equilibrium between the gut and the brain because it's going to support our physical and mental health so that we can accelerate our well-being. And so we talked about the um, gut producing 95% of the um, neurotransmitters that our brain requires. And so keeping our gut, our second brain, in good condition is important for our um, cerebral, cerebral brain. So the next part I, is your superpower and you can retrain your neuroplastic brain. Right, we are. So let's get on with that. I got a bit of a cold today, but hopefully it doesn't interfere too much. We wanted to get this out to you. We made our commitment Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. So here we go. To master your life, you must learn how to master the subconscious activity that influences most of your life. Becoming aware of it is key. Once you're aware of it, you can change it. When you begin to be more intentional, you automatically program or influence the subconscious mind, making positive shifts toward what serves your highest and best interests. Plus, you will stop being enslaved to subconscious habitual patterns. So let's look at how this phenomenon works and how you can apply it using the latest research and science of neuro neuroplasticity of the brain and its ability to change. When you're under stress, your brain processes thoughts differently. If you are in a state of physical stress physically or emotionally, the primitive brain instinctively and unconsciously goes into fight or flight mode. This causes your body to produce stress hormones as well. The more the nerve cells in the primitive brain are used, the stronger the connections are made and the faster we react. It's metaphorically like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it becomes. After a while, you don't even have to be upset for this part of the central brain to be fired. That is because this emotional center of the brain has established pathways that cause a state of hypervigilance. You are constantly on alert and looking for evidence that you're going to experience something negative. So you don't even have to have an, uh, any danger imminent 
for it to be activated. Any reoccurring thought, memory, or even positive exciting stimulus can be interpreted and quickly processed through these pathways. All this activity in response to your feelings like joy, calmness, excitement, anger, anxiety, frustration, and happiness. Yes, your mindset affects your body biologically, chemically, physiologically, and metabolically. Your brain is structurally changed in response to what you think because of the addition of more nerve cell connections in the region being used. Each time you think about something, the corresponding part of the brain that is responsible for that thought is stimulated. When this occurs, the nerve cells along those pathways prompt the DNA to produce the products that are necessary to create more or longer nerve cell connections or dendrites. This creates a network of neuron connections that are intertwined like a nest or a safety net. Thus, your thoughts are, are strengthened and amplified in those parts of the brain, whether they are negative or positive. Your body and mind are connected, so when you are stressed, it affects your body and it leads to physical symptoms. The stress from these body symptoms also affects the brain and how our brain processes the stress. For example, the areas of the brain that can be affected are those responsible for memory, your senses, and intuition, forethought, or problem solving. You literally get more of the same type of thoughts and experiences when you are stressed, overexcited, anxious, or sad. This is due to the fact that your body is already in a hypervigilant state. So what you place your attention on is what you will continue to experience more of or less of. This is why it is important that you understand how the brain works, science, how it works for you, biology, and how you can use that to your advantage. The most important aspect of Life Origami's program is what we have discovered in our studies of neuroplasticity. This is the science of the neuroplastic nature of the brain and its ability to change. Our mastering the brain phase of the program incorporates the use of neuroplastic of the neuroplastic nature of our neurofitness program. It is based on the brain's nerve cells ability to grow in response to our senses and how they are stored into memories. The science supports that a person can attach positive emotions to their senses. This affects the long-term uptake of memories and minimizes the function of neural uh, pathways that are activated when we are under stress. You can replace emotional triggers associated with memories and transform them into those that serve your higher good. You can meet the challenge to store and retrieve memories, perform tasks, be creative, problem solve, and make decisions. This is all based on your understanding of how your brain works when you're feeling stuck and lost. What really helps is to know that we, as we age, it's important to keep mentally fit. 
Even at an older age, our brain still has the ability to grow, adjust, and alter patterns and connections. Having a healthy brain involves many factors, such as nutrition to feed the brain, exercise, sleep, stress management, and brain-enhancing activities in our lifestyle. If you do brain-enhancing activities now in your life and incorporate them into your lifestyle, it's a fortress against some of the loss of thinking power you may have as you age. As we get older, we get entrenched into routines and live unconsciously on autopilot, doing what feels normal or comfortable. When we do this, we are bypassing opportunities to make new associations between thoughts and feelings. We reduce our ability to make or retrieve memories because nerve cells atrophy with non-use. If you don't use them, you lose them. We have learned that when you use all your senses, you are breaking out of everyday routines. So you are deliberately creating new patterns and strong associations between different parts of the brain. Therefore, you can rewire how you think and your experiences in the future. You can strengthen your pathways and connections between various parts of the brain so that they are working in harmony. The opportunity here is that you can access these fit parts of the brain when challenges come up. You can think clearly in order to respond, feel confident, and feel calm inside. You have the ability to adapt, learn, grow, and cope. The correlation between what you feel, think, and believe should be obvious by now. These, along with your emotional reactions, have a key role in your being well or unwell. So you can choose to intentionally learn how to retrain your brain to serve you. Health and well-being are created by consistently focusing on your dreams, passions, and gratitudes. In addition, focusing on what motivates you and getting on with living your dreams instead of just dreaming them builds a life-affirming mindset and builds positive habitual patterns. At Life Origami, we affirm that since everything is connected, the path to happiness and a long life is all about having a healthy and intentional mind. Author Commentary All right, so for me personally, this part of the book is one of the most exciting and uh, it's one of the areas that I had the most ahas over. And it takes me back to Amethyst when we were, uh, we went away for a Christmas vacation and we were driving back to the Rocky Mountains. We ended up in this conversation and you began talking about the neuroplasticity of the brain. I was like, what? I mean, I'd never really heard it at to that point, uh, not, not with the clarity that we have here and that we have now. And it really, it really changed, it really changed my view. And because you see, what we're talking about in the book is that, you see, your brain is structurally changed in response to what you think because 
what happens is there are additional nerve cell connections that are created in that region of the brain that you're currently using. Therefore, each time you think about something, that corresponding part of the brain that's responsible for that thought is stimulated. So, literally, the thoughts, our thoughts are strengthened and amplified in those parts of the brain, whether they're negative or positive, right? Yeah, it's because every time we think about those um, memories, uh, every time we work that part of the brain, that the nerve cells continue to grow, and um, the dendrites, the connections grow, and it becomes strengthened. So every time you have that thought, you get more recurring thoughts just like that, and any associated thoughts that you usually have that go along with that thought, they become strengthened. So a lot of people, they'll say, I can't help thinking about my problems, right? Right. And it's because they spend so much time dwelling on them in these deeply entrenched thoughts. And the best thing to do is to start changing the way you think. Well, those are habitual, automatic thoughts. Right. Let's right? talk about that. Yeah, because you see it's... Because <clears throat> these things about habitual thoughts... Um, if you don't change the way you think, then you can't change, you, you can't change your habits. Now, I think we train ourselves, um, to think that, uh, our thinking, can you explain that? Which part? Yeah. So, cause what happens is that by the, through the habitual thinking, the complete, complete, the constant repetitive habitual thinking and ruminating on something over and over again, uh, it literally changes the brain, strengthens that area of the brain. Now, the, if that's true, it also must hold true that you can consciously choose to think different thoughts, to have different associations, and train yourself to think differently, it also, as it relates to a particular issue, could be about somebody who's died in your life, it could be about your, your self-image, your body, it could be about any number of things, it doesn't matter. That renewed focus, different intentionality, different thoughts, different energy related to it, rewires the brain. <clears throat> and so this, to me, is the magic part of the neuroplasticity of the brain amethyst because it explains why is it so hard for us to change our, our habits you know why is it so hard for us to sometimes change it's because our brain betrays us it's because we have repetitive continuous automatic thinking and if you don't change the automatic thinking in the thoughts and the thinking that you have, it's going to be near impossible to change the actual physical habit. So that's that. I think is. I don't know. Did I butcher that or did that help? No, that helped. I didn't know how to explain it. Um, to put it into practice, I was just thinking about mm. how I used to write journals. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would for the end of the day, I would put down, you know, whatever happened for the day and I might write out all my problems and stuff, you know, whatever happened that day that made me feel miserable. And I'd put the good stuff in there, too. Right. But what would what would happen is I would 
go back and read my journal again. Right. And I would read what happened. I would read the feelings that I wrote down and maybe how I felt exactly um, in a negative way. Whether I felt negative or positive, I kept revisiting those memories over and over. And as I did that, then it's like I would um, be on this treadmill constantly it's a, it's worrying. It's a good analogy, yep. And so what I had to learn to do was to, if I wrote it down, not revisit it um, and constantly be dwelling on it, but be moving forward and learn from it. Um, now, sometimes I, I would go back and see, I, I would look at it and say, okay, so when I was feeling this way, what was going on? And what was the circumstance? And what caused this? And what did I learn from it? And then take that and move forward rather than just going back and commiserating with whatever happened. And then I moved forward and I got rid of those journals. Unless, you know, I needed to keep them for whatever um, reason, like, oh, what day was it that we went down to the mall and I got my hair cut, you know, whatever it was. Um, then it was a factual thing and I could go back. So my point is, is that the more I revisit those, those the negative part of my life, the more I kept going over it and over it, I got more of it. Right. Exactly right. And so the, the reality is here, as trite as this might sound, if you, want, if, if you want to change your life and you're not changing your thoughts, you've just significantly, uh, you've taken yourself out of the game almost because if you want to change your life, you have to change your thoughts. If you want to change a habit, a negative habit, you have to change your thinking around it. Otherwise, nothing's going to change because the habitual, because what comes before we take action is we make a decision. What comes before we make a decision? We think about something. Right. So we need to change the way we think about something and maybe improve the perspective. Exactly. Yeah, because it's a, it's a very good point. Because when you, when you, when you examine your thoughts and you real, because the, the magic and what you shared about a little bit about your story is that you started to look at your journals. Mm -hmm. As you looked at them, you realized there was a pattern. And you didn't like that pattern. You said, I'm going to change it. Yeah, I said, I want less of this. Right. What is it I want less of? And I made my little list. And I said, well, okay, if I don't want that, what do I want anyway? So I wrote down what I do, I do want. And then I looked at what's been going on, the circumstances in my life. And I could see I wasn't getting close to what it is I wanted right. more of. So I decided to get into action and change that. Right, and you, so you literally, Amethyst, uh, you know, I can tell you, <laughs> I've been, uh, had a ringside seat to this. She mm -hmm. literally, literally rewired her brain and it changed her life. And then uh, it's, uh, as a business coach, after working with hundreds of people, it was like this light bulb. I wish I had known this 20, 30 years ago. It would have changed the way I approached things. And although I think I was on, I, for the most part, I was on the right track, but I wasn't able to articulate that the reason we struggle with our habits is because of our thinking. I think knowing that I have more control than I thought I did of my brain and what happens to me and my well-being, now that I know that I have more control over that, I don't feel as vulnerable right. uh, to challenges that come my way because 
I know that I'm capable of learning my way through it. Right, and, and changing, that gives and changing the way I think, and that includes like changing all the negative thoughts that I used to say to myself. Um, I I learned a way to change that so that it didn't happen anymore, and um, my well-being was improved. Right. Yeah, because literally, what you did is what you, what Amy's saying here is that she learned her way through the problems and challenges she didn't try to short shrift it so one of the things i wanted to you know when, when we were reading the book amy there's a part in there where we were reading it and mm -hmm. we talked about if you do brain enhancing activities now in your life and incorporate them into your lifestyle it's a fortress we just want to clarify it's yep. a fortress against the possibility that there could be uh, a loss of thinking power in your in your life. Yes. We're here to tell you that it doesn't your brain age <laughs> is more important than your actual physical age. You, your brain, as long as you're alive and breathing and well physically and mentally well, you can change your brain. You can literally we re were. You can Re do that. You can do that. You can <laughs> rewire your brain and and change the literal literally change the structure of your brain and it will support you to have new thoughts, new patterns and new perspectives. And no matter what your situation is as you age, let's say your body um you know, you get older and you can't walk as well anymore and maybe do the things that you used to do. But if your brain is you're constantly growing and learning and you're you're having a you have a healthy well-being then you can adjust to right. um maybe let's say you're not walking as well anymore but you're still getting out and you're doing what you can do because you have a positive forward thinking way of thinking and you're just looking at possibilities and always taking the opportunities and um you know you work with it rather than letting life bring you down right because literally um if our brain was not as plastic and malleable and, and neuro, if that neuroplasticity wasn't present, we would not be able to learn. And literally, you know, just look at babies and children. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they don't even have a fully functioning brain until right. later in their late teens with girls and mid-20s and, and men. And it's because the prefrontal cortex isn't completely developed. Right. And that continues to de develop as they use that part of the brain and it gets strengthened. Exactly. And so, you know, this, this ability to learn is our superpower. The, the fact that you can rewire your brain, you can change your negative thinking habits and rewire your brain to more positive, life-affirming, supportive uh, thought patterns and belief systems, it... it you, you never have to be stuck because if you really understand the power of your brain to rewire itself through your conscious intentional effort and it, and it takes work it's it's w work is a four letter word <laughs> you do have to apply yourself so i this this i think is i think for me the most exciting part of the book because it speaks to our unlimited potential 
to cope with change, to create change, to mm. we're literally the masters of our own bloody ship. God damn it! Excuse my English, but we're, there's no reason to stay stuck. There's no reason to be negative. There's no reason to give up and quit because you have the ability to change it. And there is an actual way that you can structurally change your brain by whether you stay in the primary part of your brain the way you think or you use your higher powers of thinking to strengthen those parts of the brain so that you can have the thinking power you need and the clarity when you have challenges come your way. There is a way to do it structurally. And we, we do that be through neurofitness. to talk fitness. to you about it. Yeah if, if there's, yeah, if there's something that, uh, uh, y- y- if this has captured your imagination and you'd like to learn more about how uh, you can incorporate some neurofitness into your life, reach out to us. We'd be happy to chat. So that's, uh, that's our conversation for today, I think. Is there mm-hmm. any, do you have any final thoughts? Because what's coming up in the next show on Wednesday, we're going to be talking about happiness and life longevity. And uh, because everything is connected, you know, the path to happiness is a long life. It's all about having healthy, a healthy, intentional, conscious mind. And you don't have to suffer uh, mental rigor mortis. <laughs> you don't have to suffer from a hardening of the mind or uh, you, know, you don't have to get slower. I've met a lot. Remember that lady we met at the uh, at the pool? I mean, how vibrant she was at seventy two, and how excited she was about life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it is like she had the energy of a teenager. She really did. And you know, it's important to let go of the idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Just (laughs) let that go. Just let it out the door. Yeah. Send it on its way. So stay tuned. There's uh, more to follow as we read this book. And would love your feedback and would love to hear your thoughts, questions, or challenges, or things that you're learning and questions you have for us about how you might identify uh, the patterns that are preventing you from fully inhabiting your life. Stay tuned. There's more to come.